Hello and welcome to Front and Center, a show dedicated to insights and perspectives on commercial real estate investment across the public and private markets. For more information, please visit centersquare.com. Welcome back to another episode of Front and Center. I'm Uma Moriarty, Senior Investment Strategist and Global ESG Lead here at Center Square. And joining me today, as usual, is Scott Crow, President and Chief Investment Strategist, along with Rob Goldstein, who's a Portfolio Manager on our Real Estate Securities team. We're heading really into the thick of earnings season for the REIT market here, and we'll be hearing a lot of real-time updates on real estate fundamentals on the ground across core and alternative property types. So Rob, thank you for joining us today to share some of your thoughts on kind of expectations as we head into earnings season. Thanks for having me. Nice to be back. Yeah, so we're getting really into the thick of things here this week. What's the general sentiment for the REIT market overall? Yeah, I would characterize the sentiment as negative based on where the head, the 10 year has been heading. I think that it's that higher interest rates are just not conducive to real estate in general. So we've seen REITs react accordingly. We think that a lot of that is priced into REITs, especially relative to private real estate. In terms of fundamentals, things have been holding up okay. I mean, it really depends on the different sectors across real estate, but things have been okay. Uh, if you look at the macro economy, we're adding jobs, retail sp- spending is still strong, but there's certainly some mixed signals coming from there as well. If you look at credit card delinquencies, we're at a high going back to 2012, I believe. So I would say fundamentals okay to mixed, and of course, interest rates uh, not very conducive. Hey, Rob, let's talk about industrial real estate. Obviously, it's been a pretty hot part of the real estate market and been pretty resilient in the face of those rising interest rates that you just mentioned, with I think the largest sort of negative difference between interest rates and cap rates. And a lot of that is reflecting the fact there's a a big mark to market built in to industrial NOI, given the market rent growth we've seen in recent years. But some of the new news we've just gotten out over the last week from the REIT market is that might be changing, that uh, market rent growth might be stalling out. So maybe talk to the audience about what we've learned and just share with us how the stocks have reacted. Yeah, yeah, happy to. And and a couple of the larger industrial REITs were among the first to report. So we do have some fresh data there. Prologis being, of course, the, the largest industrial REIT. And they're pointing to, to, to fundamentals moderating a bit. And it's hard to determine how much is driven by demand pulling back to some extent, how much is uh, due to new supply being delivered into the market. But effectively, what they're communicating is that market run growth has more or less stalled out. I think they said maybe 50 or 60 basis points of market rent growth sequentially into the third quarter, and then they expect something similar in the fourth quarter. So you can think about the second half of the year as maybe a plus 1%. And this is coming off of years where we saw double-digit rent growth year after year. So certainly a moderation. It's hard to determine where it heads from here. Deliveries will be elevated for the next several quarters. That being said, if you look at starts activity, so new construction beginning now today, which would influence maybe back half of next year deliveries, they are down somewhere in the order of magnitude of 60-65%. So we should have a nice pocket from a supply perspective in the back half of next year. So that's one half of the equation. The other half, of course, is demand and the economy. And I guess that's anybody's guess. But at least from a supply perspective, uh, you could see a, a little bit of tightening in the industrial market maybe in a year from now. And I guess maybe, Rob, speaking of that supply picture, you know, I think fundamentals for the most part, like you mentioned, are kind of okay, right? There are more fundamentals that are impacted, but that's really being driven by some of some of these pockets of oversupply that we're seeing. 
You mentioned industrial, and that too is kind of a submarket by submarket conversation where we are seeing some of that pressure from new supply. But one of the other things that we're really watching is the supply coming into the multifamily sector across the Sunbelt region. So what are your expectations across the, the residential REITs coming up here? Yeah, so we've been quite concerned for a year or so now on supply, specifically to some of these Sunbelt markets that had been so hot. Rent growth had been exploding. Everybody was moving into these markets. Uh, you can think of Austin, Charlotte, Nashville, markets like that. And developers do what developers often do in cycles. They build and sometimes they get a little bit ahead of their skis and build a little bit too much product. And that's exactly what we are expecting and starting to see right now. Deliveries are outpacing a new leasing activity. So you're seeing occupancies come down somewhat significantly in some of these markets. The, the problem is we are not at peak supply yet. Uh, peak deliveries, we estimate, should be maybe around second quarter of 2024. And they're increasing from here. I think every month that goes by, we'll probably see more deliveries than the month before up until maybe um, the second quarter of next year. So it's going to be a, a, a rocky road. And, and I think it's important to recognize that this business is seasonal. I mean, people typically move in, call it the summer months, maybe early fall. But in the winter months, there's just less demand activity. So if new units are delivering into November, December, January, February, which we expect to happen in quite a meaningful way, that could really impact market rent growth negatively. So I think it's going to be a tough couple of months here for apartments broadly. Fortunately, the, the demand side is holding up reasonably well. I mean, going back to just the, the macro economy and what we're seeing on the job growth front, I think it's a little bit stronger than we expected. So we are seeing rents turn negative year on year in some of these Sunbelt markets, and that's inclusive of a strong economy. So you could imagine what could happen if we see more of a pullback on the job growth front. So yeah, it's certainly an area of concern, but the market has started to price things in a little bit. They're starting to recognize that supply will be problematic. So that's kind of the landscape and the setup heading into earnings uh, for apartments. And Rob, that's a little bit different on the apartment side compared to what we're looking at, some of the alternative residential areas like single family rentals, for example. What's your expectation on the SFR side? Yeah, so uh, I would say better first, which is good. Moderation, though. I mean, I, I think rent growth there has been extremely robust as well and somewhat unsustainably so. High single digit to, to low double digit rent growth is is not sustainable throughout time. But on the positive side, they have all the same population migration drivers as the apartments, the Sunbelt apartment REITs, where these markets are experiencing disproportionately more folks moving into their markets. But there's two big differentiators. One would be demographics, where the, the single-family rental REITs are more in the sweet spot of millennials aging and forming families and looking for more space and ultimately either buying or renting a single-family home, often coming out of a, a multifamily unit. That would be point one. And then point two is the supply is a lot less significant, I would say, for single-family rentals. We're not seeing outsized deliveries because over the past several years, while we have seen supply tick up for single-family homes, it's been nowhere to the order of magnitude as what we have seen and are seeing in a multifamily side. So going back to the question, we would expect better rent growth and fundamentals from single family than multifamily over the next several quarters to even a couple of years. And so, Rob, it seems like some of the sectors that have seen the most growth in demand and rents and cap rate compression, such as industrial and apartments, are at least moderating, if not pulling back a little bit. But there's other parts of the landscape that are doing quite well. We've talked about data centers 
before on this podcast. Retail of all places is having a quiet bull market. And the healthcare space is also uh, continuing to enjoy uh, a recovery. So uh, share with our listeners uh, what's going on there in terms of fundamentals. Yeah, sure. There yeah, certainly are pockets of strength here. Uh, data centers, as you said, Scott, I would you know put at the top, we actually just got industry leasing data uh, for the third quarter, and it was extremely robust. It set a record by quite a wide margin, actually. The data center REITs are, are reporting later this week, so we'll hear what they have to say. But the AI demand turns out to be real, and there are power constraints in a lot of the markets that the data center REITs operate in. So we have been expecting and continue to expect pretty significant rental rate growth. I guess the question that we have for the data center REITs is how much of the leasing that we saw industry-wide and across the, the country and the world was done in their markets? Because in a lot of cases, take Northern Virginia, for example, there's not really any capacity to be leased because there is not enough power uh, to go around right now. So a lot of the leasing that has gotten done are really in secondary and tertiary markets that the data center REITs don't really own. And those markets are just capitalizing on the AI wave and, and they're building kind of far out locations. So we don't expect all of the, the industry-wide leasing to accrue to the data centers. But importantly, we think that market rents are heading in the right direction and, and markets are certainly tightening in their favor. Retail, I agree. I mean, it's been a pretty good run for retail, specifically necessity-based and grocery-anchored retail. There's very little supply. People continue to move into the suburbs and, and service these locations. So we continue to see pretty good rent growth there. And healthcare yeah, is another area that's quietly starting to do quite well coming out of COVID. There's been a big demographic tailwind for senior housing and skilled nursing as people age and, and either desire to or, uh, or need to, to live or go to these communities. And we're starting to see some significant occupancy gains in rent growth. So we would expect fairly good operating results from uh, some of the healthcare REITs through earnings. Rob, so I guess kind of taking into account the fundamentals that you talked about, but really just kind of circling back to the first point that you mentioned in terms of what we've seen across the 10-year the treasury move over the last call it month or so, what, what do valuations look like across the REIT market here heading into earnings season? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that REITs now, I would say, more properly reflect the higher interest rate environment that we find ourselves in today. And I would argue that the private real estate market does not. To give you some context, industrial REITs were trading inside of a four cap implied not too long ago. That number is now 5% plus. Apartments are up to mid sixes here. Uh, what we've really seen is anything with negative leverage has really repriced in the REIT market most rapidly, which does make sense. I would call out, though, that in some cases, we're finding opportunities where we think that the some of these REITs have priced a little bit wide of where they are specifically because of the embedded growth. So I'll go back to industrial, where you have portfolios with in-place rents that are 50 to 60 percent below market. So as these leases roll, you're going to get significant uh, embedded rent growth without any market rent growth. So today you can buy that industrial portfolio, I'd call it a, a five to six, even higher cap in some in some cases, and you're going to get significant growth. So despite the fact that you're going in yield is somewhere in the ballpark of maybe the 10-year treasury, you have pretty set it and forget it growth over the next several years, assuming no, no market rent growth. So I think that to answer the, to answer the question, we've seen just a, a big repricing and now REITs reflect a new reality that, that maybe the private market does not. 
Yeah. I mean, you mentioned kind of industrial multifamily. I mean, the office reads across the market here are trading at nearly a 10% cap rate at this point. Retail kind of call it in the seven, seven to eight percent range. And the REIT market overall at this point is is trading at close to just a, just a little bit shy of seven percent, right? So a pretty big meaningful shift, I would say, in terms of cap rates being implied across the REIT market, which is pretty drastically different compared to what we are still seeing across the private market, where a lot of cap rates are still being placed on appraisals in, in the low for 4% range, right? So the REIT market really indicating here a shift out in, in cap rates across the private market. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your thoughts as we head into earnings season. We'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to really wrap up what we heard out of the REITs during this earnings season. And, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Front and Center. Thanks for listening to Front and Center. You can subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and please be sure to leave us a review. To stay up to date, you can visit our website at centersquare.com to access our thought leadership, sign up for our mailing list, or contact our team. We look forward to hearing from you. The content of this podcast is informational only and represents the viewpoints of the presenters at the time of recording. It should not be regarded as a solicitation nor investment advice. All information presented is subject to change at any time based on new data, analysis, or market conditions. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.